October 1. Fuck. It's been about a month since Vasquez stuck me out in this cabin way out in the ass end of nowhere. Just kidding. It's not that bad. Except when it is. There's a small roadside diner, maybe a good three or four miles down the way. Sometimes I'll walk down just to people watch. It's easy. Most of them are too busy with their noses glued to their smartphones to see me creeping around the wood line. I feel like Frankenstein's monster sometimes. Just watching. Just longing. Except I'm not longing to join them. I watch them. Watch how insensate they are to their environment. They've got their little silicone pacifiers, their greedy little eyeballs, suckling streams of useless data, tick-tock, tick-tock, then time's up and you're dead before you know you are ever alive. They have no comprehension of the rich, sensual information permeating the world around them. I can pick out the sense, everything from the ineffably prepared burger patties to the nicotine sweat oozing out of the pores of one of the off-duty nurses. I know she's a nurse because there's blood and vomit and shit in the faintest, most trace amounts coming off of her. She's not as great at hygiene as she probably thinks she is. It's been like this ever since my transformation back at Horatio's. The fight with the harvester was devastating. While I'll give Wexler props for thinking fast and saving my life, I can't exactly say I'm terribly grateful for the fact his botched mixture made my lycanthropic nature undeniably manifest. My body? Tougher. My senses? Sharper. My humanity? Lesser. I dug this ketchup-spotted gratitude journal out of the dumpster behind Mary's grill. That isn't the actual name of the roadside diner, just what I gleaned from eavesdropping. I also figured out that apparently Mary is the kind of boss that you'd best listen to as well as you would the Holy Mother herself. But enough about Mary and her grill. This is about me and my journal and why me putting pen to paper is objectively superior to staring glass-eyed at a phone screen made by an army of underpaid children in China or Taiwan or wherever the ghost of Steve Jobs haunts developing countries by means of rampant consumerism. That's right, I won't touch my phone for the entirety of my stay away from the madhouse. Fuck me. I sound like a bad ripoff of a Frank Miller character. Evan, whoops, drafted Wexler? thinks it's funny, my literary proclivities. He's too practical, too eager to see something as a means to an end, even if the end is never in sight. If he would spend less time brooding over the fallen state of the world like a grumpy pastor with a crucifix up his ass, and more time opening his eyes to the beauty of what's already there, he might find a glimmer of hope. Poor fool isn't blinded by the light, he's blinded to it. But I'll be damned if I fail the bestial test in my own super duper new journal. This isn't about Wexler. This is about me not going ape shit and tearing the head off the next person who knocks on my cabin door in the spirit of neighborliness. I shouldn't have to write down why. October 2nd. New rule to the no phone until I go back to Madhouse game. The new rule is that I can use my phone. October 9th. I spoke to Wexler on the phone, but he seemed hmm, distracted. Distant. He said he couldn't give me any indication of when the madhouse might have me back. I haven't spoken to him since. He's called a few times, texted, but I fear that if I answered, he'd say something that'd really push me over the edge. And the last thing I need is to 
crush my phone and not have anything to keep myself preoccupied with for the next however long. Although, that would make winning the no phone game easier. Wait, no. Per the rules, I'll basically win the game no matter what. Being the rule master has its perks. October 13th. I'm always disappointed when the 13th of October isn't a Friday. October 14th, 10.48 a.m. Okay, I'm going crazy from the lack of contact. All the TikTok videos have merged together. Maybe I should have crushed my phone all along. My diet has consisted only of DoorDash stuff. On account of the fact that I look like a fucking monster. And here I am, spending my time trying to swipe my way through e-girls with absurd levels of cleavage. You like one video of a woman, and the algorithm gets a boner and drowns you in bitches trying to shill their OnlyFans. I'm trying something new. October 14th, 6.43 p.m. I'm back. I know it's weird to date a journal entry as well as mark the time, but I'm that bored. I can't complain, or I can, but it has to be done the right way or else it goes against the philosophy of the self-help book I'm reading. It's Colonel Burt Lichtenberg's best-selling guide, Destroy All Obstacles, a counterintuitive guide to confronting, owning, dominating, and thoroughly crushing your demons into submission as you carve a gore-slicked and corpse-ridden path to inner harmony. Honestly, I'm not big on self-help, but the cover art of a woman in camo yoga pants decapitating her psychological shadow kind of rules. Seriously, how can I be expected to be all peace and love the universe is one when my day, night, job is separating scumbags from their beloved vital organs? I literally turn folks from one into many, often messily. Anyhow, here's a recent passage I underlined on complaining from Zigucha Arts. Think of complaints as ammunition. You can fire them off immediately, but wouldn't it be much better to hold on to your bullets in case you need many of them at once later? Every time you have a complaint flit through your mind, consider the object of the complaint as handing you a single bit of ammo. Perhaps you want to shoot right then and there, but also perhaps you could bottle that rage up and expend it when you most need it. Such as that nitwit at the office who is always telling you about the latest insufferable YouTube guru. The good colonel emphasizes turning resentment into a weapon, and I am fucking here for it. Add one round to the clip. October 15th, 10.52 a.m. My only friend out here is the DoorDash driver. Friend is too strong a word, actually. I'll rewrite. The only person I have spoken to out here is the DoorDash driver. For very obvious reasons, we have not spoken face to face, but he called me on the phone to find my exact location. We chatted a little, he left the food on the doorstep, then left. He might be the perfect man, come to think of it. I didn't mention this before because there was nothing worth mentioning. There'd been a few different drivers, but either they determined that the drive wasn't worth the pay or whatever. Every time I've ordered food since using my phone again, the delivery driver always pops up with one name, Chase Walker. Yeah, Chase Walker, that's his real name. The second time I'd ordered a loaded baked potato from a nearby spud shack, 
He called and introduced himself as Chase Walker. And when I asked if his brother Skip Tumalu was with him, there was only an awkward silence before he asked if I wanted any extra condiments since he was at the counter. Whatever. There was something to seeing him show up the last couple of times after that. It's funny how wired we are as humans to connect to one another. I don't even know him. I feel a bond, however attenuated. I'm looking forward to lunch. The 100-Handed Lost Souls Coming soon.